randomly called Miranda and just asked if anyone from her gym was going to the CrossFit games, if I could bum a ride and, uh, you know, chip in for gas. So ended up getting introduced to a few people and, and rode up there with them. And, um, you know, it, I mean, it was awesome because one of them was, you know, Heber Cannon, who he and his wife, fiance at the time, Jenna, were in that car and um, Ben Hollingshouse was in that car. And, and he was in some of the early CrossFit videos, kind of a, a funny character, but it, it was just a nice group of people. And um, yeah, we rode up there. They didn't know I was competing. I didn't like, uh, I guess I just didn't mention it. It never really came up. So, um, and I've like, I sleep pretty good on the floor. Um, there's a, in college, there's a week where it was like 110 degrees, you know, every night and our AC was broken. So I started sleeping on the floor and, and basically like just kind of trained myself to. And uh, so anyway, we, we get to California and like, I, I didn't have a ride. I also didn't have a hotel room. So I was like, oh, can I, can I crash in your room? So I slept on the floor um, that first night and then went out the next day and competed. And, you know, we finished day one and I was at first place. And um, these guys were <laughs> go back to the hotel room. These guys are like, hey, man, we didn't, we didn't even know you're competing. You know, uh, do you want the bed tonight? <laughs> and, uh, it was, uh, it was kind of funny and i probably should have turned it down and slept on the floor because i lost the damn thing the next day hi my name is scott Switzer and i am the clydesdale my friends amy radowski charlie yodi cat Shear, love fitness as a sport as much as i do we are all 40 plus masters age athletes who give all we have to lead a healthy active life we also want to bring you athlete interviews human interest stories, and all the news surrounding the sport of fitness. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a five-star rating and writing a review. We are also available with full video on YouTube at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast, as well as all traditional podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Clydesdale underscore fitness and friends. And now... Off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast. RX Mark Your Jump Ropes, the best jump ropes in the business. Our title sponsor and such great support from them. You can get your RX Mark Your Jump Ropes by going to rxmarkier.com. At checkout, use Clydesdale15, all caps, and you can get 15% off your order. Uh, you can buy jump ropes of any color, shape, size, uh, the handles. You can make those whatever you want. You can get the cable at different weights um, and different lengths depending on your height. So check it out at rxmarkier.com. Use Clydesdale 15 at checkout and you'll get 15% off your order. That does exclude new additions, new arrivals and special editions, but check that out. Uh, it's a great deal. In addition to that, they're also supporting our hashtag road to a thousand. If you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast, and you have a public profile, every time we hit the century mark with subscribers, we're giving away a brand new RX Mercury jump rope. And Dave Newman, the owner of the company, has promised to throw in a couple extras uh, for that winner. So make sure you go over, subscribe, and uh, you have a public profile, and me, you may be our next winner. Hey, everyone. I got a secret to tell you. There's this really cool company out there called Element 26. We have partnered with them. 
Um, and they have some of the coolest equipment on the market for us CrossFitters, lifters, um, strongmen. Uh, so one of the products they have is thumb tape. It is like the best thumb tape on the market. It is flexible and it moves with you. Um, and it is very tacky and sticky. So great thumb tape. Another one of the products that I use and I love are their grips. They are chocolate grips. They are rubberized. And I'm a Clydesdale, right? I'm big. This helps me stick to the bar. I don't move. I can hang for a very long time as a big man with these on my hands. Uh, great for farmer's carries. Um, even my hands are big enough. I can even use these on a barbell if I want to deadlift. Just saying. No chalk, super sticky. Gotta love them. Uh, their website is element26.co. That is element26.co. Go check them out. So many cool products. We're going to keep showing you what they have over the next few weeks, but you have got to check this place out because they are constantly innovating um, and see what they have to offer. Um, little hint, check out the belts. They got a really cool concept with the belts. Um, you know that Velcro that always pops? They have a solution. So go check that out, element26.co, element26.co. Trust me, you'll have fun with this. Well, that's a much better view. How are we doing now? Yeah, way better. Huh? <laughs> yeah. This is uh, my in-law's house. Nice three. <laughs> yeah, rings on the back porch. Yeah, they got a little gym set up out here under the covered patio. It's a nice time of year here in Vegas. It's about 75. <laughs> so your in-laws live in Vegas as well? Yeah, yeah, they followed us down here. Um, they uh, they were up in Ogden, Utah for like, I want to say 40. Yeah, like 40 years, I think. Over 30 years wow. in the same house. And then uh, my wife and I moved down 2017 and they followed us shortly after. So that's really cool. Worked out perfect. We, we didn't beg them, but we, um, we were close. I mean, it was, it was definitely... <laughs> <laughs> two two little ones that worked out really good yeah those are your bargaining chips yeah these two <laughs> yeah and they have three kids at my in-laws and their two boys had already moved away one's in texas one's in oregon so i think it was like the last straw when uh when their daughter moved away they're like well wh what are we doing here <laughs> so yeah they uh we're, we're glad they chose uh vegas so worked out pretty good for us well, if people don't know, we are sitting here talking with CrossFit legend, uh, and that was defined by Rogue, uh, uh, Tommy Hackenbrook. He is a, he took second place at the 2009 CrossFit Games as an individual. He won the Affiliate Cup twice um, with his affiliate himself. And we're just going to talk to him and get to know him a little bit better. Um, I got to meet Tommy at Rogue. Uh, where he told some great stories. So we're going to try to document those a little bit better and uh, get them out here for you guys. So Tommy, how you doing? I'm great. Thanks. Glad you had me on. It's been uh, a long time. I was wondering if I wasn't considered a Clydesdale at, at a certain point. I was starting to, to worry a little bit. Well, well, you're the original Clydesdale. <laughs> and so, you know, once we have you on, then it's nothing but downhill from here. Yeah, no, I think uh, maybe you get John Wellborn on there, if I, if I remember correctly. 
there's uh, <laughs> I think the last year you didn't have to actually qualify. Not nothing against John, um, but yeah, from, from the earliest CrossFit days, I remember seeing him pop up in some videos. And uh, I'm not gonna lie, that was a a little bit inspiring to me. This guy's like a former NFL offensive lineman. I was like, shoot, you know, I'm, I'm I must be great built for this sport you know if, if this guy's doing it <laughs> well i kind of want to talk about that because that's something we we talked about a little bit at rogue is is body type that you know i i'm a clydesdale you're a clydesdale uh in kind of different ways but coming up your body type wasn't right in a different way for the sport you were playing before crossfit yeah i wouldn't say it was the worst um you know, I, I think, I don't know, maybe I had a little bit of a kind of the athlete body dysmorphia, you know, where you, you're never, never going to be happy no matter what. But um, I really thought I was undersized to play, especially play middle linebacker in college. Um, I, I just, I naturally, I think wa I walk around like 205. I was 205 before college. Almost immediately after I, I stopped um, just eating like a madman. Um, I, I, I think most people don't understand this and, and won't be able to appreciate it unless you've done it. But like when you're trying to gain weight and you're having a hard time, it's torturous. I mean, I, I think it's probably the equivalent of trying to lose weight, you know, and, and the scale won't budge. Um, but it was eating was a job. I never looked forward to it. I, I hated eating and I just had to get as many calories as I could. But um, yeah, I played middle linebacker about 225 pounds. And um, I, I think you'll, it's more like a 240, 250, you know, type position, um, especially the guys going on the NFL. So I was, I was definitely undersized. And um, I, I just thought I was, I was ironic my whole life. I was like, I wish I was, you know, a couple inches taller. And then I finally find a sport that uh, that's pretty good for me. And I'm like, oh crap, you know, I wish I was a couple inches shorter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, you played at Utah with under Urban Meyer. Uh, Charlie and I here sit in Columbus, Ohio, where Urban Meyer walks on water. So what was that experience like? Even though neither, I do have to say, Charlie and I are not Ohio State fans, uh, but uh, Urban wow. does walk on water here. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't know how you guys get away with uh, letting that out of the bag. Be being Ohio, you, you must walk around with your head down in shame most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it, it was amazing. You know, he's, um, man, he, he's been in some hot water, I guess, in the just recent months. So, um, I, I don't know if, if that's an issue, but I have nothing but good things to say about him. You know, he, he came to Utah after my third year and, um, I was only, only there for the two years. He was only there for the, the last two years. And then he left of my career, but, um, just like, you know, any great coach that, that anybody has played for in a sport, um, they, they really leave a lasting impact on you. And yeah, I took a lot of great things away from uh, not, not just him, but the culture he created. You know, we, we had a lot of really good coaches on that staff, uh, but being able to be a part of a, a real transformational change in, in the culture was, I, I think that was so valuable. Um, I'm sure guys who play at Alabama or, you know, who guys who came through Ohio state, 
have similar experiences playing for great coaches, but they're walking into, to an incredible culture. They didn't see it before. And, and it wasn't like horrible. Uh, and, and maybe that was a, the biggest impact is, is that we had a pretty good thing going to Utah. We had good teams, you know, we we're competing for the conference championship, but just to see what a few little changes in the way you do things, you know, just the way you carry yourself, the way you, compete in the weight room we all thought we were working hard um in practice you know i thought i was working my tail off in everything i did and there was a a very significant but but small kind of subtle difference um to what we were doing you know those next two years under coach meyer so just the i'd say the intensity was kind of ratcheted up and um to be able to, to see the impact that had on our, you know, our mindset and the way we showed up, none of us became better athletes overnight. Uh, you know, none of us were any bigger, faster, stronger than we were the, the season before. Um, but just kind of paying attention to all the little details and, and I think having a little more of a, a sense of purpose in every moment, you know, trying to get the most you can out of, of every rep, every drill, every film session, um, it, it's really, you know, something that I strive for and, and then fall short all the time, but I, you know, it's something I can strive for in, in all aspects of life. It's, you know, it's just kind of like kicking ass at a high level. If you can apply that to, you know, your workplace or your family life, um, it, it's really, it, it was fun and, and it had a huge impact on me. And, and I hope that I've been able to pass some of those lessons along you know, to other people along the way, because I've, I've been coaching CrossFit for over a decade now and um, just really love it. That's, that's probably my favorite part of the sport is, is just being in the gym, coaching people. And did, did Urban play a big part in that? Uh, did he play a big part in you wanting to do that with your career? Or did you already have that desire and it just gave you some of the tools? Um, I think I've always wanted to coach in, in some way, shape or form. Um, I, I come from kind of a long line of coaches. Uh, my mom's dad coached basketball for like 50 plus years in, in Oregon. Uh, my dad was my high school football coach. So it's always been something I've liked. Um, when I was like a high school kid, I loved working with little kids, you know, working with flag. I, I've just always really kind of gravitated towards that. Um, I've always enjoyed coaching the camp. So I, I don't think I, I didn't really look up to coach Mar. Like, honestly, I don't, I've never wanted to be a college football coach. <laughs> I've never looked at any one of my college football coaches and been like, Oh, I want to follow in their footsteps. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So I wouldn't say he necessarily got me into coaching, uh, but he just, he showed me what's possible, you know, if you, and, and I think, you know, I also have, gotten to see kind of the downside of that too. You, you know, we've seen coach Meyer unravel a little bit uh, when he was at Florida. I think he, he's such an intense person. So uh, that's something I've kind of paid attention to as well. I came out of college just, you know, with a fire under my ass, like I wanted to take on the world and um, you know, I have kind of workaholic tendencies and, and I've had to realize that like, you know, kind of balance can be important. Um, it's, you know, you, you, and you can also, I think, succeed at a high level and have some semblance of balance. Um, I, I don't think you'll ever be perfectly balanced, but um, 
I, I definitely, I, I took, tried to take all the positives and I tried to uh, pay attention to kind of the warning signs too. I don't want to run myself into the ground. I don't want to put my family through, you know, the, the stress of like <clears throat> what those college coaches go through, uh, you know, that just operate at that high intensity all the time. Um, <clears throat> so I try and remember what that feels like, but, but also kind of live in a, a, a little bit of a <clears throat> level state. <laughs> okay. Well, my last question about Utah is, uh, did you, you played with Alex Smith then? Yes. Um, what he's gone through in his career, and especially lately when he had that horrific injury and probably the greatest comeback story I've ever seen in sports and what he's gone through. Did you see that in him when you were playing with him at Utah? Uh, yeah, I, I was surprised at, at the level and the scale of, of that injury. I, I'm, I was shocked at, um, you know, the, the toughness that he showed. Um, I knew he was tough. He had a bulge disc. Um, actually, my so the first year with Meyer, my junior year, um, I was pretty close with Alex. Um, he was, uh, you know, he's a quarterback. My my roommate, one of my childhood's friends, was a quarterback at Utah, and you know we'd hang out outside of football quite a bit. Um, so Alex had a bulge disc, and it kind of limited him in the in the fall and the spring. So my buddy Brett actually won the starting job. Uh, at, you know, the, the year before the Heisman thing. Um, so Alex was his backup. And then on the, th on the third game, Brett broke his thumb and Alex got the starting job and, and never lost it. But uh, so I'd seen him, you know, deal with injuries, uh, you know, come back from them, keep a positive attitude. He, he's a type of person. He, if I had to compare him to anyone CrossFit, um, I, I see a lot of this in, um, Rich Browning, you know, he's just, just grinds. I mean, Alex was always in the film room. He just did everything right. Um, you know, really, really hard worker, um, keeps it, keeps a pretty level head, you know, doesn't get, I'd say Rich is probably a little more, a little fire, a little more fiery than Alex was. Um, but, but just kind of that calm demeanor and, um, he doesn't get rattled and he just keeps working his ass off. So, um, you know, to, to see him do well and, and see him come back from that was amazing. I've been, you know, rooting for him every step of the way in the NFL. And um, it's, man, that's like a, that's a, that's a tough place to be successful. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, just knowing how good everybody is at that level. Um, it's, you know, it's crazy to, uh, you know, there, there's very few guys who make it out of that meat grinder after 10 years and, you know, and have a career like he had. So even though he's, he's probably not going to ever be remembered as like one of the greats or, you know, one of the best quarterbacks of all time, but, but he was a really good NFL quarterback for a lot of years. And, you know, that in and of itself, I think is impressive. Yeah. Mr. Consistent too, especially yeah. over the last uh, seven years, probably of his career. Um, so let's move into some other things. You told me another story and then, and then we'll get into some other stuff. 2009, you moved to Salt Lake to open an affiliate. Yeah. Two weeks later, you decide you're, you want to travel to the CrossFit Games, but you don't have a ride. Yeah, I, um, I, I kind of got interested in, in the games and found a way to qualify, but I didn't really put a plan in place on how I was going to get out there. So um, my family had you know, just moved back to Salt Lake. We, we 
after college went to Oregon for three years and I had a almost one year old and child number two was on the way. So, you know, it definitely wasn't going to be like a family trip. Um, and, and we had just kind of taken all of our savings and, and all that and dumped it into just a <clears throat> tiny startup CrossFit gym. So, yeah. So I was like, Oh crap. It was like the week before the games. And I was like, oh, I really don't want to buy a plane ticket. Like I don't, you know, get a rental car and all that. It seems expensive. So um, I called Miranda Oldroyd at the time. Um, now I think her last name is Alcaraz, but um, so I called her, she owned CrossFit 801 in town. Um, I was afraid to call Chris Spieler because I'd never, I, I think he and Miranda were both at my level one teaching. Uh, Chris is up the road in Park City. Um, I don't know if I was intimidated because there's like a lot of hype, you know, about him. He was like one of these legends going the CrossFit game, not, not a legend, but like one of these, you know, favorites. Um, so I think I didn't want to call him cause I saw him as like a competitor and, and that would be like super awkward. Um, <clears throat> but I randomly called Miranda and just asked if anyone from her gym was going to the CrossFit games, if I could bum a ride and, uh, you know, chip in for gas. So ended up getting introduced to a few people and, and rode up there with them. And, um, you know, it, I mean, it was awesome because one of them was, you know, Heber Cannon, who he and his wife, fiance at the time, Jenna, were in that car and um, Ben Hollingshouse was in that car. And, and he was in some of the early CrossFit videos, kind of a, a funny character, but it, it was just a nice group of people. And um, yeah, we rode up there. They didn't know I was competing. I didn't like, uh, I guess I just didn't mention it. It never really came up. So, um, and I've like, I sleep pretty good on the floor. Um, there's a, in college, there's a week where it was like 110 degrees, you know, every night and our AC was broken. So I started sleeping on the floor and, and basically like just kind of trained myself to. And uh, so anyway, we, we get to California and like, I, I didn't have a ride. I also didn't have a hotel room. So I was like, oh, can I, can I crash in your room? So I slept on the floor um, that first night and then went out the next day and competed. And, you know, he finished day one and I was at first place. And um, these guys <laughs> go back to the hotel room. These guys are like, hey, man, we didn't, we didn't even know you were competing. You know, uh, do you want the bed tonight? <laughs> and, uh, it was, uh, it was kind of funny and i probably should have turned it down and slept on the floor because i lost the damn thing the next day yeah. uh, <laughs> but uh yeah so they let me sleep in the bed and um we had a good time and uh heber made like just kind of a funny funny little two-minute video this is what he does you know he's just super creative and puts these things together and um you know he he's i think he's got a lot of courage too you know he's he's put himself out there um and take a lot of risks so he puts together this video and I think just brand like sent it to Tony budding, you know, uninvited, unsolicited, just said, Hey, this is the kind of work I do. And are you interested? And then like, you know, a few weeks later, all of a sudden he's, he's making videos for CrossFit and then he moves out to Santa Cruz a year later and um, just put, you know, he's put together some incredible media over the last 10 years uh, really flourished. So uh, yeah, he kind of helped me helped me get my start and helped him get his own start, you know, all in one weekend. It was pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So 2009, you finished second at, at the games, um, all because you slept in a bed and you should have finished first. 
No, it just happened. So happened that Miko Salo is a really fit dude. and uh, <laughs> he, he was doing a lot of things that no one else was doing at that time. So I, I think I've always, I've always said this, like he absolutely deserved to win that year. Um, it, it would have been a shame if he didn't. So it's funny, you know, you mentioned Miko, you mentioned Chris Spieler in your story. We, we were just at Rogue with this Legends competition and they were there. And what is it like for you to go back and get to hang out with these guys again that you haven't really competed with in, in years? It's great. Um, we were, someone brought this up over that week. I thought it was really interesting. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of where the sport is going. I love that athletes are, are making money. Um, I think those of us who were around earlier, I think we were really blessed in a different way. Uh, it was never about the money and we we're just out there having fun. So there, there's always been a lot of camaraderie and, and I still see that, but it's a little different. And, uh, and it, it makes sense. Like you, you watch these athletes, they're what's going through their head is just so much different. You know, their, their jobs on the line, um, you know, they're out there to, to make a paycheck, you know, a lot of, a lot of who and what they are is, is riding on their performance and the amount of training they put in for that is, you know, light years beyond the hours we we're putting in 10 years ago. So I, I like where it's going, but I, I really feel like we we're fortunate. This, you know, the group that the collectively, you know, hundreds of and, and maybe thousands of athletes who compete at regionals and, and competed in the open and at, um, at the earlier CrossFit games, you know, up through. I don't know, 2015 or so. Uh, no, no one was doing it as their business. They were doing it as their hobby. And, um, and so it's, it's really fun to see all those guys, um, quote unquote legends um, and girls. Like a, a lot of those gals, you know, and guys, we've competed on different throwdowns together. We, we've gone on trips together. You know, Reebok at one time was damn near sponsoring everybody uh, so you know we had some fun weekends um down the bahamas and, and some of the cool experiences that, that that they allowed us to do so um that that was you know i think that's a cool thing about that group is we're, we're truly friends and even when we were competing against each other we were friends um you know sometimes the competitive aspect of it gets in the way you know you're you're not it's a little different a little different tension the week of the CrossFit games, you know, it's like, yeah, you're my friend, but also like, I, I kind of, you know, I'm, I'm not going to just bro out with you right now. Um, but there, yeah, there's just a lot of, you know, good vibes there and, and just people who, who really wanted the best for, for each and every one of them, you know, it was a different mindset going into competition, really wanting everybody to do well. Um, versus, you know, kind of having this killer instinct of, of just wanting to, to bury your opponents, um, which I've, I've heard, you know, kind of Matt Frazier talks like that a lot, you know, that's that, and that worked great for him. And I respect the hell out of him for that. Um, I never had that mentality. Maybe I should have, um, but it was, it was a little different culture, I think in the beginning. So you say that, but so 12 and 13, you win the affiliate cup. Um, 15 comes 12 and 13 I said right 15 comes along and Jason and Rich say hey we're gonna go team and we're gonna try to win and that year you kind of said hey wait a minute this is my territory 
and you tried to like plant a flag and it made a spotlight kind of move to the team division the whole way through the season. Like we were watching the open to see how you all, all three teams did because by kind of planting that flag that this team thing is my thing and you bring on two of the, the greatest individual athletes in the, the sport and it made it, it made the team have a, a really big spotlight. What was that year like for you? Um, 15, 15 was a really weird year. Um, it was fun to see, see the team competition take that turn. Um, I, I know our teams, you know, the, the prior ones, we were really, um, ex, you know, we were really trying to push it and, and push the limits. Um, we wanted, you know, to be thought of as, you know, individual competitor athletes type, type of thing. Like we tried to go out in the off season and, and show that each and every one of us was, was pretty legit. And, uh, you know, that was always my goal was, Hey, you know, all six of us were training as a, if we're individuals, like I want each and every one of us to be able to qualify, you know, we, we weren't quite there, but that was kind of the goal. It's like, Hey, let's not set the bar. Let's not try and like be a really good team. Like, screw that. Let's try and be the best six individuals in our region, you know, games level athletes. And then it'll be a breeze. You know, that was kind of, that was kind of the thought process. Um, and, and then eventually it got there, you know, it was just happened a little bit after, after our time, but, um, I liked seeing it take that turn. Um, it, it, it really was a weird year. It was like, it was a year that people decided like, okay, you know, more of us are going to take this team thing seriously. Um, but it was rushed. I would say, <laughs> you know, Rich's team had some big holes in it. Um, Jason's NorCal team should have just ran away with that. Uh, and, they, and they were going to, and then they had a, a really unfortunate injury that, you know, just, just sucked for them and, and kind of ruined their chances. Um, on my end is of it, we, we had the Miranda one. Yeah. Yeah. Miranda did her, her ACL on a, <clears throat> I think on a jerk or, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it could have happened some earlier point, but I think if I remember yeah. I was on a clean jerk that it, it went, um, yeah, my, my team was kind of not thrown together, but we had kind of tentatively thought about doing a team, but hadn't really committed to it early on. And then, you know, kind of decided late that we'd do it and um, definitely had a super weak spot um, that, <clears throat> you know, we're just like, hey, let's go make the best of it. I, I thought we had no business taking 30 that year and <laughs> being on the podium. Um, but we had some pretty solid people. I mean, I mean, we didn't have a bad team. And uh, I, I just think it was a weird year. Like it was like a team would be sitting pretty good on the leaderboard and they would just crap the bed. And then the next team would be sitting good and they would crap the bed. It was like, it was almost like everyone was trying as hard as they could to not take first. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and I know Rich's Mayhem team, you know, they had some low points as well. Um, but, but just kind of had a really gutsy performance on the last day. Uh, big surprise there. And, um, and we're able to kind of eke that one out. But, uh, you know, and, and I would say, like, they had no business being on the podium that year. If, if you just kind of break down the six individuals and in, in their numbers, uh, they definitely would not have been a favorite. But, um, you know, they, they deserved it in the end. Uh, they pulled it out. But yeah, what happened after that was crazy. <laughs> 
Yeah, it truly was a transitional year for them because, you know, people think that Rich always had a super team. That first team was not. That was, was homegrown, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and they did. They had to come back late to get that win. And really, you're right. NorCal was crushing it uh, until that injury. But um, but I like that you had the confidence and you and you guys made it fun. You know, Jason was always smack talking Rich, and Rich was smack talking you and it was always and it was all good and good fun but it just yeah. made it a fun year um at that point yeah that was it that was the funnest part of it was um you know trying to shine a spotlight onto the team thing and um I, I think it is you know when done right i think they've really tweaked a lot of things with it the, the difficult thing about the team is like you you put 10 teams out there for a chipper it's just a circus um you know you got like 40 athletes and 80 judges <laughs> no one knows what the hell is going on you know looks like the ohio state marching band out there right. doing <laughs> except that it never quite gets into the right formation <laughs> um but uh there, there's i think they found better ways to present the team competition which is great from an athlete's perspective it's always fun it's a great test of fitness and it's also a great test of um kind of unity and camaraderie it's it's really hard not to just you know, snap at somebody and, and, you know, start chewing them out when you're halfway through a workout and they're just falling apart. And it's also really hard not to fall apart yourself when you're halfway through a workout and you know, your whole team, it's like, God damn, these guys all look fresh. And I'm, I'm just, you know, a slug over here and I just can't do it. It's hard not to just go into a really dark mental space right there and kind of shut down. So, um, it's a totally different, different test, you know, than the individual. Um, but it's, it's really fun. You know, there, there's been a part of a lot of different teams and different sports and, um, you know, you, it's, it's no different, um, which is nice, you know, cause there's a lot of sports that are individual based, you know, like track and field. It's, you know, you win a team championship, but everyone's just out there running their own race. Um, I, I like the in cross that they've incorporated a lot of actual teamwork and uh, where you really have to rely on the person next to you. I think that's made it unique. Did you ever compete on the four person team? No, I didn't hang around that long. Do you, do you think how different would that have been for you as a four person as opposed to a six? Um, I mean, I think for, for me personally, it wouldn't have made any difference. I, I think it, it would be fun. Um, for looking back on, on our years, I think it would have hurt us uh, because we really, our whole mantra was, you know, we're, we're all even. Like, like that was all six of us could do everything. Like that was the deal. And that's what I saw as the big opportunity in the team competition was if you were, can truly be six deep you're going to run away with it um, because it seemed like every year there's a team, you know, that, that was look really good. And then they find that weakness, you know, there, there'd be some event that would expose one of the athletes in some way. Um, so I think it worked to our advantage having the six team. Um, I, I like the four person teams visually. Uh, I've always loved the, uh, the cross in the invitational when they were doing that. <clears throat> And kind of, you know, Team USA and Team Australia and Team Europe. Um, so 
I, I think that's a little bit easier, a little bit more palatable to, to, to watch, you know, there's just less going on, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I wouldn't mind if they went back to six at some point. Um, I, I don't think they will just cause I think the four is a little easier to manage. Yeah. Yeah. As being a former judge, it gets pretty hairy out there trying to avoid everything uh, when you're out there with six. But I want to talk about one other thing in your past, and we'll talk about what's going on today with you uh, and maybe the future. And that is uh, Broken Skull Ranch. Oh, yeah. Good times. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm a big lover of Stone Cold. Uh, think he's awesome. Um, that was when I was really into wrestling with him and the rock and Kurt angle and all of those guys. Yep. So what was it like, uh, hanging out with stone cold out on the ranch? Um, it was surreal. Um, I mean, literally I'm sure just like probably both of you, like I, I watched Monday night raw through high school. Uh, my brother and I used to watch wrestling. You know, I remember early childhood, watching Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant go at it, and Randy Savage, Ultimate Warrior is my favorite. So I got a taste of that at a very young age. But, uh, you know, I, knew I, I think... liked you. <laughs> Ultimate Warrior was my guy. Yes. Oh, he was so intense. So such a, yeah, such a freak. <laughs> Just don't watch the documentary. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he, he was a lot of things, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was something else. Um, probably wouldn't pass a lot of CrossFit PED tests, but no. <laughs> great entertainer. Um, yeah. I mean, still cold and them. that was, you know, late nineties is when I was in high school. So that was the heyday. I think, I think the, the peak of, of wrestling, you know, to date. So huge fan of his, um, he's just a, you know, good old Texas boy. When you meet him, he, he's super nice. He was very appreciative, which was really refreshing because, um, on that show everybody just basically gets a plane ticket out there and that's it you know you're 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 not coming out of pocket but you're not making a dime and you know, you're kind of putting a lot at stake and some people are out there for a week or two because of you know uh, just the, the shooting schedule and and whatnot there, there's a lot of weird stuff you know reality tv stuff that goes on that you have no clue what you're getting into so like that was all interesting but you know, Steve was like, made everyone feel special, really made you feel appreciated for being a part of it. You know, he made it a point to go thank everybody for coming on before they got, you know, got stuffed in the van and driven back to the hotel room and locked in there. <laughs> um, so, so he was just a, a great guy. Um, I think he's just a really good, humble, genuine person. Um, and, you know, he's also like a mega celebrity. So I'm sure everywhere he goes, he just, you know, people ask him for his autograph, everything like that. But um, it, it was pretty awesome. You know, it was somebody that I respected and, and, you know, idolized as a, you know, just as an entertainer and, and just really thought was a cool cat. He absolutely lived up to, you know, all the expectations. Um, and, and as much of a, like a jerk and an asshole, he, he was really like a man of the people on the show. Right. But he had to play yeah. that like kind of jerk persona, like, like screw you, you know, middle fingers yeah. up in the air. He yeah. was equally, you know, a nice guy in real life, um, which was a cool contrast. So I would expect The Rock to be a total asshole in person based on, <laughs> you know, how cool he was on TV. Yeah. Uh, but he's, he's probably a good guy, too. So how was that when you first saw, like, the Skullbuster and all that, all the 
what was your your thoughts in terms of like I do CrossFit, I can probably get through all this. Yeah, I was I was pumped. Um, and I was on the first season, the last episode of it. So I really had no clue. All I ever could get was like this short little teaser trailer, like 30 seconds. Yeah. So when I applied for it, the only reason I even opened the email, you know, because a gym owner, you get a lot of spam emails. The only reason I opened the email is it says Steve Austin. So I was like, oh, piqued my interest immediately. But I saw this teaser. I was like, well, it kind of looks like, you know, tough guy shit that I might be good at. And I, you know, I'm a football player. Like it kind of showed guys wrestling in a pit. Mm-hmm. I was like, I might be good at that. You know, I'll look into it. And then psycho, like, oh, you can win $10,000. Like that's cool. Uh, but I still knew nothing about it. So when they went to casting and everything, I was trying to work out dates and this was right in the middle of the open in 2000. 14 so i didn't even know if i'd be able to get out there i had to, i told him i was like i can't be gone for like a full seven days like i have to be i have to be free on like a friday or a saturday so i can do this workout and then i can be out there like the whole next week so i think they had a tough time even i mean i don't even know how bad they wanted me or whatever but it, it just just so worked out i was able to get on that last episode uh, and then it was really cool because I, I honestly didn't know what to expect, didn't know what the events would be, um, didn't know how intense it would be. And then when they showed the school buster, like I didn't even know there was an obstacle course or anything. You know, to, so to answer your question, Charlie, it was like, I was like, oh, like, you know, sign me up. You know, yeah. <laughs> like this is right up my alley. I thought I, thought I was going to, you know, have to face like someone they've been keeping in the back pocket. Like I thought they're going to bring out this gigantic wrestler or something like that to just come <laughs> out and kick my ass and throw me around. So and they're like, Oh, you got to take on this obstacle course. I'm like, all I have to do is run and like do some monkey bars. This is freaking perfect. Uh, so yeah, that, that ended up being a, a really pleasant surprise. And um, you know, if, they, if there weren't all these goddamn Spartan race people signing up for this show, I probably would have stayed a little longer, but uh, you know, finally they got the better. Actually, a CrossFitter is the one who who beat me initially, so can't blame it all on the on the OCR guys. Uh, this guy Ian was able to kind of dethrone me, and uh, he ended up being a good guy too. So didn't feel too bad. Yeah, and and you ended up winning seven times. Yeah, seventy grand. <clears throat> That's how I knew my uh, my oldest kid was good at math. Is he's like, wait, Dad, how much money do you win? I said, oh, ten thousand. He said, you won seven times. I said, yeah. He's like, oh, so you won seventy thousand dollars? I'm like, hey, yeah. He's like, I've been looking at this cool. bike. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's over there doing the math in his head. He's like, so when are we going to Disneyland? Right. Yeah. Did he minus out the forty percent for taxes and? Um. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think pretty much all that money has worked its way back to him ah. it's in some way, shape, or form. So I, I, he made out pretty good. So this, this is kind of a weird question. We, we had Matt Chan on uh, a little while ago, and he was the, the winner of the Titan Games with right. The Rock, right? You and Matt head-to-head at Broken Skull Ranch, do you think you can beat Matt? Yeah, absolutely. Matt and you on the He's Titan a, well, Games. Today, no. Matt's in a lot better shape than me right now. 
in, in both of our in both of our prime, yes, I could because I got the I think I got the wrestling on him. Um, I, I wasn't much of a wrestler, but I know he wasn't either. And I think I think playing linebacker really gave me a good advantage. I know how to get my underhooks in there and, and get under somebody. I know about leverage. And then the Titan Games. If you had to go Titan Games against Matt, have you seen that obstacle course in the yeah. events? Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be I think that'd be a, a pretty good battle. Um, you know, he might have the edge. I I don't know off the top of my head, but I think in crossfit competitions we were pretty evenly matched. I think he may have gotten the better of me <clears throat> more often than I did of him. I'm not I'm not 100 sure, but it, think- it'd, it'd be a dogfight. I think we need to give you six months of training and make a pay-per-view just like uh, Josh Bridges and um, Hebner. Hebner. Yeah. Oh man. Me, me and Matt are in our forties, man. No one wants to see that. That's <laughs> <laughs> old guys do. Hey, we're still paying to see Mike Tyson in his fifties. <laughs> no kidding. That's, that's killer. Right. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe if I could make like 500 bucks, I'd do it. Yeah. I, th- I think you could take him with six months of training. I think what we should do is a tag team match, me and Stone Cold versus Matt and The Rock. What do you think about that? Like there that. you go. There, now pay, now you're talking a that. lot more than 500 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's The Rock's company called? Like Seven Bucks Productions seven or something bucks, like that? Yeah. Yeah. He's a uh, he's, – uh, I, I like his story, but he he plays that up a little bit. I don't think he ever was just walking around with seven bucks in his pocket like a like a book, yeah. you know. It's like, dude, your dad is a pro wrestler. You 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 have family cousins that play in the NFL. Like, you you play. He's playing that up a little bit, but it's a good story. Yeah, he he did hit some low points in his life, I'm sure, and and he made the made the best of it. Uh, yeah, no, I'm he, never getting cast on his show now. <laughs> 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 just check that one off yeah um so you just need to chug a bottle of his tequila and then a lot all the, the problems will go away then we'll be friends again yeah. yeah okay and i did i have had the broken skull ranch ipa one of the best beers i've ever had in my life yeah it's not bad huh yeah it's pretty good yeah steve, steve knows what he's doing um, all right I'll, so i'll vote for the rock for president how about that if he runs there you go there you go all right, so so let's talk about underdogs, right? You have were an affiliate owner in Utah for what ten years? Yeah, almost twelve. Twelve, and then you decided to join the underdogs team and move to Las Vegas. What kind of prompted that decision, and and how's it been so far? Um, it's been great. I, I love working with Justin and and company. Um, he, he's building the just a phenomenal team you know he and his wife ashley are, are great people um a lot of the success he's had like i've been a fan of his ever since grid league uh we don't need to go down that rabbit hole but um you know he he just he had he put together some great squads i think he's um very cerebral i think he's very smart and also as a coach he just has a great demeanor uh you know very very calm cool and collected he doesn't get rattled um, but he's also very passionate and he really cares about his athletes. Uh, and those are things that I, <clears throat> all attributes that I just really respect in, in a coach. Um, first and foremost, just the, the caring. Um, my old linebacker coach used to call it the gas factor, the, the give a shit factor. Um, <laughs> but, but he was big on that, you know, and, and you, you can't fake that kind of stuff. So 
uh, Undertog's crew is great. Um, I actually was out here, like that's not why I moved to Vegas, but it's 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 been very fortuitous. Um, my wife and I came down here in 2017 um, more for uh, some gym marketing stuff. You know, this uh, New You Challenge marketing company that, that uh, I was a part of for a few years. And um, that was just growing like crazy. And, and it was kind of headquartered here because um, uh, the founder, James, you know, just happened to live here. So we, we came down, visited, checked it out, just loved it down here. I mean, we just really fell in love with, with Henderson and with Las Vegas and wanted to make it home. Um, so we made that, that move. And then I, I've been kind of on the fence whether I wanted to own a gym uh, anywhere. Uh, the one in Utah, I, I basically, when I moved, I transitioned to the managers and we had, we'd just been working out a, a buyout essentially um, to where they could be sole owners, which uh, we, we finalized that. It was really a process of three years, but we finalized it in the last six months. Um, and that's just been an amazing deal because they've completely not just held the community together, but, but grown the community there in Salt Lake City and, and they're crushing it right now. Um, brand new facility about a year ago we moved into it maybe a year and a half ago um and uh it's you know signed a 10-year lease so they, they got a nice permanent home there um but yeah in vegas um i i really i really wasn't sure um i i missed coaching and i wasn't coaching a whole lot i'd say for like about a year and a half i'd, I'd basically anytime i was up in utah I'd coach um I, you know, I just, whatever trainer was on the morning, I'd be like, Hey, take the morning off. I, I got it. Um, and it just always made me really happy, you know, for the whole day, I was like, yeah, I should be doing this more. Um, so kind of stepping back from, from coaching day in and day out really made me realize how much I liked it. Um, so anyway, <laughs> Justin moved down here, connected with him. Cause I, I'd known him for quite a few years and, you know, just kind of shooting the breeze. I, I think, both of us were kind of like, yeah, we'd like to own a gym, but we don't want to do it by ourselves because we know how hard that is. <laughs> um, and then it's like, hey, if we get both our families on board, you know, this could, this could be really something cool because we know, we know how to do it. He's, he's ran a really successful gym in New York. Um, and then it expanded from there of like, hey, why don't, uh, you know, had a couple conversations with Zach Forrest because he's been in this area for a long time and, and he's, owned an affiliate here that, that was pretty well known. And um, it's like, what, what's Zach up to? You know, how come he's, how come he's not still running a gym? Um, so yeah, the team kind of expanded and really we just, I think we all see an opportunity to offer something that just doesn't exist right now um, in this area, which is kind of a, a really marquee, big, you know, beautiful CrossFit gym. Um, we want to have just, you know, incredible staff, but, but really we want to have kind of two things going. One is we want to have a great local community because that's something that I've missed. Justin misses, you know, from New York and, and Zach, he created a really good, strong local community here. Um, so we absolutely want that to be like the foundation of this gym, but we also just see a huge opportunity to, to bring some of the best experts and presenters and, and host seminars and, you know, entertain drop-ins and, you know, Vegas isn't going anywhere. Um, you know, it definitely pandemic slowed down travel and everything, but Vegas is always going to be Vegas. Everyone's going to make their way out here at some point. And, um, 
you guys know how CrossFitters are, you know, when you travel, you want to get your workouts in and, and kind of find, you know, we want to be that home away from home. So, so when people are traveling here, they can have a good experience and kind of feel like their family. Well, I think what Justin's created with underdogs, uh, not the gym, but the actual program is a place where a destination. And so when I was there for West Coast Classic, we went to Culmination and it's not that big. Like it's, Mm. and they aren't, they are not prepared for it to be a destination, destination gym. Like couldn't get a t-shirt, couldn't get, you know, cause we, yeah, it's a great local gym, but it it doesn't, the, the, space is is tough like there's and real estate's a nightmare so i mean that that was the hardest part so far (laughs) yeah Yeah, i'll keep you posted (laughs) and you you know like as a crossfitter if you didn't get the t-shirt did you really drop in no yeah Yeah. no you didn't (laughs) you're not even a crossfitter (laughs) right right. (laughs) so um so you know i've talked to justin and i know you guys are are on the verge hopefully of opening a facility just after the first of the year how excited are you about that I'm pumped. I mean, we, we've been looking for a place since I, I, I mean, really like about a year and a half, but seriously looking since February. Um, so it's been a long time of, of probably looked at 50 different spots, um, just going down rabbit hole after rabbit hole. And, um, finally, I think we found something that's going to work. It's brand new construction. So it's, they're just finishing up the building. That's why we can't really put a, a date on it, but, um, we've got a sign lease and, and we're, you know, laying all the groundwork and um, be great if we're open in January. Um, I, I think we might be able to pull it off, but who knows? I, I, I just keep hearing rumors of supply chain woes and I'm not sure how much that's going to affect our contractors and, and all that, but basically we're like, Hey, you know, just, you know, we have kind of like, just get us in there so we can start. And, and we're not going to half-ass it, but like if we need to open a little early and just start small and, and build out half the gym um, and then spend a few more months to finish it, we'll, we'll just do whatever. But uh, yeah, we're trying to get open as quick as we can. Awesome. Um, so what is your role with underdogs right now? Not the gym itself, but the, the program and the coaching. I am working with uh, 12 athletes right now. Uh, just remote coaching. Um, I, I'm hoping to take on a little bigger role, but uh, we're kind of pieces are still falling into place, but I would love to start helping a team get ready for the, you know, make a, make a run for the affiliate cup. Um, Don't have any big announcements on that yet, but, uh, but there's definitely some, some talks happening. Um, but yeah, just, just really one-on-one program for people right now. I'm really enjoying that. It's, um, it's something I've in the past, I think I've programmed for two or three people, uh, program, you know, one girl, I, I just exclusively worked for, with her for a year. Um, and, and that was fun, you know, made a lot of progress, but I had to stop doing that just cause I had, I had a lot going on in my life. And um, she went on to, to do amazingly well. And um, so I kind of think back on that. I'm like, it's like, yeah, I, I really did enjoy that. It just was a bad time in my life. Um, so I talked to Justin, you know, a few months ago, actually in June and um, about doing some one-on-one programming while we're kind of getting this gym ready. And, and I've actually really enjoyed it. Um, 
the 12 athletes I'm working with are all amazing. They're, they're, it, it just blows my mind, like how dedicated they all are. <laughs> and, um, it's extremely fun to see them hitting PRs and, and, um, you know, and, and then just walking them through the peaks and valleys, you know, there's not every day is, is PR day and, and little tweaks happen and, you know, cars break down and, and people miss workouts and all that good stuff, you know? So just try to, just trying to do the best I can to kind of guide them through that whole process and, you know, keep them excited and motivated and, and just, you know, not get too down because it's, it's so easy to, to just catastrophize things when, when you have a little setback. Um, so yeah, it's kind of fun being in the coach's chair because I know what it's like to be an athlete. I know what it's like to, to think that the world's going to end, you know, because you had a bad week. Um, <laughs> yeah. and then I'm sitting here just, you know, kind of, I'm like, cool. you know, why don't we look back at what you're doing in, in August and, you know, you've added 30 pounds to your squat. Like, can we, can we just focus on that for a second? <laughs> Cause yeah. uh, it's easy to lose sight of that stuff. So we so talked we, to, Oh, go ahead. We had talked to, to Matt last week and we got you, um, con everything. Are you allowed to be under six foot and be an underdog athlete or is it just all Clydesdale six foot guys? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Tola. Tola. I don't, I don't know if Tola, he's, he might be six foot. He, he's definitely a big guy. He's, he's not a little guy. Uh, he could throw me around. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think uh, we, we might start having a requirement under big he guys only. Targeting <laughs> six foot and overs. Yeah. <laughs> if you truly want to be considered an underdog, you got to be a Clydesdale in CrossFit. There you go. Perfect marriage, Clydesdales and underdogs. Yeah. So kind of one the same. When, when you're doing one-on-one coaching, do you do the programming for them or do you use the underdogs programming with that? Um, good question. That, that's a one question. I think every one of my athletes has asked me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll tell you the same thing I tell them. Um, first of all, I, I use underdogs because I'm not going to try and reinvent the wheel. Um, I, th- I think Justin knows what the hell he's doing. I'd be doing them a disservice if I, if I wasn't following it. Um, and a caveat to that is I, for some reason, just don't like writing out like a week of workouts. It, it, it's something that I could do in maybe 10 minutes or it might take me 10 hours. And it just depends on where my mind's at because I start going down these rabbit holes and just overanalyzing everything. So I do really well when I have kind of a base program that I can work from and then adapt it. Um, so I actually have a few people doing something very different than the underdogs template. Um, they're doing like a really kind of an extreme strength bias and they're doing a lot of, a lot more powerlifting type stuff. They're doing a lot of band work and chain work. Um, but unless somebody has like a, a huge strength bias right now, it's, it's very, very much following a template. Um, and then I try and focus most of my energy just on breaking down their, their technique and their movements and, and figuring out where those weaknesses are. So um, I'm getting better, you know, kind of looking at someone's gymnastics and, and seeing where they might be struggling and, and what kind of accessory movements might help them and, and sending them, you know, specific drills. Uh, that's something that I got the most benefit from probably in, in my past as an athlete. Um, I actually sought out a gymnastics coach in Dusty Highland 
um, and just went down to California a few times and, and stayed there for a few days and worked with him. So, um, you know, just having and, and learning those drills and, and just working, kind of breaking down pieces of movements. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Sorry, the landscapers are going to town. Yeah, I didn't um, know there was that much grass in Vegas. Dude, <laughs> it's, it's a leaf blowers. They just like, they're just constant out here. Um, God forbid there'd be a, a speck of, you know, leaves on the ground or whatever. They, they keep it nice out here. Um, yeah, so, so most of what I do is breaking down the, the gymnastics and the lifting and, and really trying to help people improve in those areas because, you know, when it comes down to it in CrossFit, it's, it's really just technique and, and engines. Um, you know, the, the, the rest of the stuff is, is all kind of just filler. <laughs> yeah. Did yeah, I so see? I've, got, I've had that uh, master's template in my cart. So what, what I'm hearing is that I should just go ahead and purchase that. Yes, you'd be doing, I mean, you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you didn't, um, but there's, you know, depending on your situation and where you work out and everything else, um, there's, there's always, you know, benefit to group classes. So yeah. I've, you know, I've always told people, you know, don't, don't think that, you know, doing your own programming off to the side, unless you have a really specific goal or, or some specific needs, you know, you keep hurting yourself doing the same stupid shit and you need yeah. a little bit of guidance. That's a great reason to, to work with a coach. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of people get excited about following some, some different program because it's kind of new and sexy. And then they're like, Oh, I really miss group classes. I'm like, go do the group classes, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe do a little bit of both. Um, but yeah, don't just don't ever lose the, the, the thing about cross it that made you fall in love with it. Well, I know Tommy's battery is just about to die, but I'm going to try to squeeze one question in. And that is, I saw that you had a big birthday. Uh, That's right. The big 4-0. Yeah. Any thoughts about getting back on the competition floor as a master's athlete? You know, if I was going to do that, it, I think 12 months ago would have been the time to, to flip that switch. Um, <laughs> that, uh, you know, I, I try and get after it and I just don't have the desire. Um, I'm, I'm starting to like training again. I, I never hated it, but I'm starting to, you know, feel better. Um, I've, I've had a big goal of running a sub five minute mile for years. And I, I was working my ass off for like probably all 2017, 18 off and on. I kept having lower leg injuries. So I'm almost over that. Uh, not that I've accomplished it. I've almost got out of my system and given up. Um, <laughs> so if, if I can, if I could give that up, um, I, I might get back into working out a little more, but um, I kind of lately, I just kind of like picking one thing and working hard at it. Um, I don't know if that's just like a cop out, but um, competing in CrossFit, I'm not there yet. Maybe at 45. Um, but, but right now I'm just trying to keep it fun. So the only motivation you have is Matt Chan and the Skull Buster. Yeah, if, if, if Matt Chan wants to do the Skull Buster or, or, you know, get Dwayne and Steve Austin on the phone and, and set something up, then let's do it. All right. Well, with that, uh, Tommy, we're going to let you go. Um, I know you don't, you have probably like 1% battery now, but it was it's awesome having close. you on. And uh, man, that was a lot of fun. Love the stories. Uh, Thank we'll you guys. You, we'll have to have you back when you have more battery. Yeah, I'll get back there anytime. And uh, anytime you want me to sign one of those shirts for you, just let me know. I don't have my own shirt, but I'll sign one of theirs. 
<laughs> All right, man. Have a good All one. Right. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Charlie. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends in partnership with The Morning Chalk Up. Please consider giving us a five-star rating and leaving us a review. It really helps our podcast. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.